Cinema Sit Down, June 13th, 2019. A review of Black Mirror Season 5, hosted by Richard Lusk, Ryan Bull, and Tony Christ. The following podcast has been approved for all audiences by Flying Bull Productions. part of any film is the sit-down afterwards. Richard Losk and Ryan Bull bring you Cinema Sit-Down. Welcome to Cinema Sit-Down. I'm one of three hosts. Uh, joining me across the table is Richard Lusk. What up? <laughs> and on the other side of this uh, table is Tony Christ. How's it going, everybody? And by table, this is all imaginary. As some people have written into the show, uh, we're not actually recording this together. Uh, we're at separate locations. The gig is up. Uh, Breaking yeah, the fourth wall. The government has said we're not allowed to all three be in the same room at the same time. There always has to be a designated survivor somewhere. That's the maxim- maximum occupancy limit. <laughs> so that cinema sit-down could continue forever. Yes. Uh, this is episode 219, and uh, we've decided to once again not review a movie, but to review the TV show Black Mirror, which comes to a BBC. Uh, previously on episode 192, we reviewed a season of Black Mirror, and we're so excited. Uh, it was one of our better episodes that we wanted to do it again. And uh, this time around, there are only three episodes, so we're going to go through all three, and I guess... Should we just say we're going to spoil it right from the start? So if you haven't watched Black Mirror, you really should. Yeah, I think I think that'd probably be the best idea. I don't I don't think anyone listening to this won't have seen it, right? No, nobody's going to say, "Oh, I didn't see that twist coming," like uh, M Night Shyamalan or something. Right. It's it's predicated by its own uh, um, viewing. The I guess people that are going to seek out the cinema sit down version of what we have to say about uh, about this. Television series will have probably already seen it. I think it's been out. It's been out for what about ten days. So if you haven't seen one of these episodes, you should go watch it before you listen. I can put time codes into the show notes uh, so that you know you can just listen to the episodes that you've seen. Fair enough. All right. So the first episode of uh, season five is Striking Vipers, which was directed by Owen Harris. This is his third time directing a Black Mirror episode. He did uh, Be Right Back and San Junipero. Oh, uh, two of the most successful episodes, I'd say, in Black Mirror history. Uh, He also did the pilot episode of The Twilight Zone, Comedian. Uh, This episode stars Anthony Mackie. He's famous for playing Falcon from all those Marvel films as Danny Parker and Yahya Abdul-Matin as his buddy Carl. Oh. You you probably know him as playing the police officer from Baywatch, the movie, and he was also Black Manta in Aquaman. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd recognize him at all. Dude. Yeah, I, I think we talked about that at school, and I said, he looks really familiar. I know he's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, and you know his star seems to be on the rise. Apparently, he'll be in the new HBO Watchmen TV series. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, they play two buddies who have grown up into early adulthood playing video games against each other, a game called Striking Vipers, which is your, like, Tekken Street Fighter type fighter Um, and years later they get together at Anthony Mackie's birthday party to play the new release of the video game with a a virtual reality upgrade that takes them into um, 
a whole new realm of uh, fighting. <laughs> yeah. Right. It extends their relationship. Hence the title, yes. uh, Striking Vipers. Yeah. Like dueling Swords was taken. <laughs> yeah. Th- that might have given away too much about this. Um, I know we uh, said no, or we were going to do spoilers. Did you see this twist coming? I figured as much. Oh, it's gonna go there. Yeah. Oh, they're playing uh, video games. So they must become lovers. No, no, no. There was there was a line of dialogue that even the uh, I guess his wife comments on, where he says something like, uh, "I mean, I can't repeat it because it's X-rated." But uh, one of the one of the two characters, I think the. I don't know the Black Mantha or Panther or whatever the I can't remember the guy's name. Yahya Abdul. Yeah, he says something like he's gonna he's going to perform a sexual act on his uh, his friend there, and, his, <laughs> and his, the guy's fiance or wife says something like uh, what? Or no, maybe it was uh, maybe it was Anthony Mackie says something like wait what what did you say? And then from that point on, I knew where it was headed. Oh, uh, okay. So in your mind, Carl was always in love with Danny? Yeah, either overtly or subconsciously. And I think, I mean, it, there was one point, I think also, where they're playing the video game and he jumps on top of his friend and on the couch and, you know, in sort of an aggressive ma- manner. Am I wrong? No, no, I remember that. And that was a moment where I kind of was going on. Yeah. I think it plays off as it starts off. Well, the, the movie, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say movie that you know, plays off the thing. Yeah, like a weird, but now a weird virtual triangle or something. Yeah. I, I, she also has- well, there was also um, role playing in the initial setup, which was like you know not virtual reality role playing, but I think uh, when Anthony Mackie sees his girlfriend or fiance or whatever in the bar, he acts as if he doesn't right. know her. So the whole conceit of the of the I, or the concept of role playing is sort of set up in those initial lines, so I guess I was it was leaning in that direction, and that's kind of why it it didn't surprise me in any way that that's where it wound up. Yeah, apparently, the idea for this episode that Charlie Brooker had was for this to be some sort of VR retreat as a like, team building exercise for some company, and all the employees would have various avatars, and no one would know who was the you know real person. And oh, so right. you would have these interesting dynamics between people. <laughs> interesting and a, and a, dynamic. A guy, a guy, a boy avatar or alchemist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or it could have been like the old uh, Bandersnatch that <laughs> came out where you can go in all different directions. Like you can choose mm-hmm. your, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch that came out before this season, which was right. like a choose your own adventure. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's playing in that realm. That that's the problem that one of the problems I had with the with this episode is they didn't do or choose different avatars. <laughs> <laughs> they, they kept going with the two people. Yeah, it's just it's totally unrealistic. Like you're, you're going to choose the polar bear at some point. Well, you're 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 gonna be you're gonna be sub zero, you know, for a good portion of your uh, experience playing Mortal Kombat. But at some point, you want to be Raiden, right? Yeah, Smash Brothers will take on a whole new level of expertise. That's the other thing. You're going to buy other games, right? I don't know if you like this one. I don't know why you would want another one. <laughs> well, d- different characters, different locations. I, I well, love, plus, this is mar- being marketed as a fighting game, but apparently there's a whole different community users with this. 
Well, that's what my th- one of my questions with the episode was: is why do they have to enter the this particular game uh, to be with each other? And like I said, aren't there other games? And you would think with virtual reality, there would be adult games where that's all you would be doing, and you can still just pick your avatar. Why do they have to go in the pretense of you know beating the crap out of you? Oh, you mean it, it has to lead from toxic male, uh, toxic masculinity to intense uh, violent sexuality. Well, like, how, how, how does it even I think, jump into that? But, I mean, you think they would have, like, a Temptation Island game that you could just go into. Right. Or Naked and Afraid. But, well, and, <laughs> I don't know about Afraid, but... I would have been afraid. Um, Did you see those guys? That's the other thing I had. The other problem I had with it is there's no um, physical manifestation of whatever's going on in that virtual world. Like, uh, oh, like because they're just zonked out on the couch, right? He just kind of passes out like a zombie, and then everything he experiences doesn't have a uh, whatever he experiences doesn't seem to have a physical analog in the real world, right? He's not getting like a bloody nose from being punched in the face or something, <laughs> or something else. Yeah. True, I'm trying to keep it above the belt. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was also weird. Their friendship seemed to be solely about video games, they didn't really get along that well together. In the real world. Uh, my idea or my thinking is that he has no idea really how men play video games with each other. Because it doesn't evolve into uh, wanting to have sex with each other. I mean, from my experience with video games, and I think most people's experience with video games. Pong didn't get you going? No, it's just the idea of competition does not lead to sexuality. Well, and then the other thing is, I mean... In- Tony's been a friend of mine for years. We've played a lot of video games, <laughs> got but we also right. do a lot of we also do a lot of other things together. It's not that that's not the only point of commonality we have. That's not the only time we come together. Maybe this newer generation that is the only time. Um, I know some of my wife's uh, brother's friends are only virtual friends. They've only ever interacted online together. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe so. This is a function. Maybe we're too old. Right. <laughs> You're too old. You millennials. And, and this episode needs to get <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> my um. my dog agrees. <laughs> so yeah. I, overall, I thought this episode was kind of interesting. It, it brought up some interesting ideas about relationships and where relationship with technology. But I definitely preferred the director's other two episodes. Uh, Be right back and San Junipero. Yeah, Junipero is one of my favorites. That of, of the uh, Netflix ones, that one, and uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard one are my two favorites, I think. Oh, yeah, um, the one with the What's well, the social media, and it's thumbs yeah. up, thumbs down, and your whole social... Because it, it completely, the idea of your whole life's based off social media, then it completely changes the you know the paradigm of society, where you ha- you have to have a... It creates jobs of how do you get a good good rating and bad rating. So if that's a 10 and you say San Junipero is a 10, where would you put this? Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, and 1 to 10. For me, I'd probably put it like in the 5s. I mean, I'd probably right in the middle. I'd have to look at some of the other ones that are uh, lower. I'm thinking the, the black and white one, I thought, was, and I can't remember the name of it, was I think that's with the dog, with the mechanical dog, uh, was pretty low down. Metalhead. You know, and then there's the one where... Uh, was it the woman and like it was like a murder? You, you, I forget now. You could get people to confess through murders through their brain or something like that. Yeah, right. and that, that was pretty low. And, I, and more just because it was one of us not getting it. You know, I'm not. I wasn't into that type. I like the VR stuff. I like you know playing with you know society type thing. Mr. Bull, yeah. score one yeah. out of ten. Th- 
This is probably more like a seven. Wow. Uh, we'll get into the other episodes this season. This felt the most like a Black Mirror episode. It, yeah. it really is looking at what technology could be doing to shift our society. I thought it did that more successfully episodes. It's a two for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, one of my things about this bla- doesn't speak at all. To me. I was going to say Black Mirror has done uh, the VR thing, you know, a couple of times. So I, I was wondering, you know, it's just an easy kind of well to go back to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's become um, a trope. Right now, the only the only one I can think of right now off the top of my head besides this one is the one we talked about before with Russell, uh, with uh, Kurt Russell's kid, uh, with the Resident Evil horror house type thing, and that was cool. Um, and I, I thought there was one other one, maybe the San Junipero one. I'd kind of count as VR because you're kind of an alternate thing, but it just seems like it's because VR is big that it becomes it's an easy kind of one to go to. Like I said, a trope. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't really think it adds much to that conversation of vr i think it's just a trick a trick and a trope yeah. a trick and a trope but, uh, all right so i guess uh episode two who's okay. got that one i got uh that, that would be mine um so episode two for the season is called smithereens uh also written by charles uh, charlie brooker and director uh by james hawks i'm uh, sorry james hawes who also uh record uh directed hated in the nation from black mirror uh, which is a pretty good one. That's with the I think another social media one where the guy's like a fake uh, internet person and he gets run for run for office. Um, so you got that starring uh, with parts in it. You've got Topher Grace, uh, Andrew Scott, uh, Damson Idris, and a few other people. But those are kind of the three main in this episode. Um, so it's a pretty uh, pretty good episode. Oh, let me sorry about that. the description. Uh, you've got a cab driver with an agenda becomes the center of attention on a day that rapidly spirals out of control. Um, so essentially a guy's doing an Uber type thing, a share ride type deal, and he keeps stopping at this one office building. He's only doing rides from this one office building, and he keeps asking the customers, uh, do you work there, do you not work there, uh, until he finds a guy that works there, and he kidnaps him. And it plays out as the episode goes on, why did he kidnap this Yes, it does. <laughs> And it was probably one of the most unoriginal episodes I've seen. I felt like I've seen this sort of story many times before. Someone who's upset at a big corporate and just wants to talk to a real person and get some answers for why he got screwed over in some way. Yeah, you're kind of blaming the successful company for something that's your fault. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, I kind of... uh, There's a Denzel Washington movie. John Q. John Q. John Q. Yeah. This is just John Q again. Uh, that's funny. I wrote that down in my notes, and I also wrote that it, uh, there was a movie a couple years ago, too, called Money Monster with uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. That was like that, where he's a financial guy on TV, like a, you know, like a, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, but he's always does financial advice, and this guy followed him, and this one stock dropped instead of increasing. So the guy lost everything, and he takes George Clooney hostage. And it's like, dude, you, it's your money. Like, what are you spending on somebody on TV for? Well, see, I, that's the thing I didn't get. Like, what ultimately was his plan? I guess it was to kidnap someone so that he can talk to someone else. Instead of well, going the full that. route and just kidnapping, uh, you know, the Zuckerberg type. Well, he may not know because if you remember, Topher Grace is plays is the head of the company. He plays Billy uh, Bauer, I think his name is. Um, and by doing that, the guy, you know, Billy Bauer is in the middle of like a yurt or something like that, in the middle of some mountaintop, and you know they couldn't get a hold of him. And he's even when he's on the cell phone, he's got to be on the big satellite phone that's got the ten foot, you know, antenna. So who knows where this guy's supposed to be? 
And like, but, you know, maybe he was waiting for him and couldn't find him. But why does he need to talk to that guy? Why doesn't he want to go talk to the guy who uh, owns the phone company, you know, who built this phone that he can't keep his eyes off of? Why does he be the guy who made the app? Well, I think that's just, it's just a misplaced aggression. You know, do you mad at McDonald's or do you get, you know, for making you fat? Do you get mad at the car because you can drive to McDonald's? You know, do you get <laughs> mad at post Postmates because it can deliver to you or Grubhub? So it's just, you, 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 they, they need an enemy, so you just pick whoever the enemy is. Yeah, but ultimately, what's the guy's goal? I mean, what's the end result? I think it was he wanted to get the word out there, I guess. He just wanted to make it aware that we were too... And that's where I think you said it was, or Bull said it was a little too you know, obvious in the sense that we've all seen movies like this or shows where you got to be made aware that there's a problem versus everybody just knows it. It's like, oh, you know what? Until you mentioned this, I didn't think I was on my phone 24 hours a day. Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's a stupid point. <laughs> it's a stupid thing to try to, it's a, a well, point to try to and make. And he wants all this attention, so he's out in the middle of nowhere. Well, no, that right. that happened, what, what that happened, happened by accident. Good old days? He yeah, wound but up. What happened to the good old days when you go stand in front of the building, that, you know, of the company you're mad at, you pour gasoline over your head, and you light yourself on fire? <laughs> the, the, the As a way to protest. The immolation of the, the Vietnam monks. Yeah, self-immolation, that's the proper way to protest and prove your point. It just doesn't seem like he had any sort of plan and everything happened, uh, you know, by happenstance. That even if he were to get through to the Zuckerberg type, in in most instances, it wouldn't be something that would be um, sent out across the airwaves for everybody to see. It only happens that it's, uh, it only so happens that everybody's able to get in touch with it because... Uh, those two kids got involved and he randomly wound up in a field somewhere next to these two kids with cell phones. It's just, he didn't seem to have a clear plan that would have come together in the way that it did. So, Right, I think it was something where it, everything would have played out the exact same way, whether he was he could get in touch with Kofor Grace or if the kids were there. It would have played out the exact same way. Where like, you know, the cops would have showed up, it would have been a standoff and it just would have played out the way it played out. I, I, I don't know. It's one of the things, um, it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things like, uh, if you were talking to like, you know, I blame the individual, not the company, you know, it's kind of misplaced. And I mean, that might be a generational thing, you know, who knows how old, uh, you know, the Black Mirror typical audience is, is that, you know, like, you know, Bull and I and, and you, Lusk, we, we are really big on personal responsibility. Maybe that's because from, through teaching too, is that we understand that you've got to put in the effort. You can't blame everybody else for your problems because I think we deal with that every every school year. Like I'm, my, my teacher failed me versus no, you didn't do anything. That's why you failed. Right. So this uh, is a argument against the culture of victimhood, or does it does it praise it? No, I think I think I, th- I think it's pr- I think it's praising it. I think it's the idea that it's it's the this episode blames the company for making a successful app versus blaming the person for buying the app or downloading the app. You know. Yeah. Like I oh I do I blame Facebook because I see you know news articles I don't like it's like or I can get off Facebook, <laughs> right? I had a friend in high school who uh, was driving down the road and he bent over to pick up a, a audio cassette tape off of the floor, oh. got into a hideous car accident, ripped his face apart. I don't think he blames Depeche Mode, <laughs> no, for that uh, you know that that momentary lapse of judgment. So, but Tipper Gore, you know, is blaming Twisted Sister for bad rap, uh, bad, uh, you know, lyrics, bad hair, stuff. bad hair. Well, she, well, good she, hair. She, well, really. she went up to frontal, frontal uh, context. But um, at the end of this day, this episode didn't have enough suspense. It tried to create suspense, but it did. Like uh, the snipers who 
oh, the the, the victim's right behind the guy with the gun. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a clear shot. It's like, well, you're in a big field. How about you move 10 feet to your right. left? Right. And, or and what, um, how many times what, did they miss their shot from like 50 feet away with a big old sniper? They probably right. missed three times. Well, it is England, so they're not used to carrying guns, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but it was just, it was stupid. Right. I mean, well, honestly, the police show up. The first time the guy with the gun threatens his victim, his hostage, he gets his head blown off and the episode's over in about 17. One, like you watch Speed, right? You take out the hostage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot the hostage in the arm or something. So it takes him out of the equation. Sorry, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Well, and then there's the whole... <laughs> take one for the team. Uh, then there's the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing. I mean, everything is just a huge... Uh, conglomeration of dumb hostage tropes you know well, like you said kidnapping tropes it, it plays out the way it's supposed to play out where he kidnaps the guy then he's like okay what do you do and he goes i'm just an intern it's like why are you wearing a suit then and he's like because i'm an in- like i'm working here and then you realize you can it's the idea of and, you know part of again millennial just whatever the generation underneath us is uh a bull is um <laughs> like the guy the idea that this guy has a plan but he he thinks of step one and then step, you know, 10 is success, but he doesn't plan out two through nine. Step one, get a job as an Uber driver. Right. Step 10, bring down a multinational conglomerate. <laughs> okay, oh. so how are you going to get there? Like, yeah. kidnap a guy. I, I no- was out of this episode the whole time. It didn't help that I saw the lead where he admitted he doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> ah. So apparently they just, they put the car that he's in up on, you know, some uh, wagon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that they can drag it around in the streets. And then he's supposed to, you know, mime making the turns and everything. So once I was aware of that, and I know they do this anytime you have a driving scene, he just looked so unnatural behind the wheel. I never believed what I was watching real. I could never have any suspension of disbelief. I was like, this guy's the worst taxi driver ever. He can't drive. Yeah. Yeah. In England would make him a pretty good driver. He's a typical millennial in that sense then. Yeah. Oh, that's so. that's something off topic, man. I've got so many people, friends of mine, who have teenagers now learning to drive, and like the kids don't want to drive, which I completely do not get. No, that, I cannot because they don't to, have I to. I cannot learn how to drive. Well, that's what it is. Like I could not learn how to drive fast enough. It's like I, wait, I can drive and be out of my house all day. You no, know, kids want to have their food chewed up for them like baby birds. They don't want to have to uh. work for anything. Why should they? <laughs> all right, uh. so this episode can get off our lawn as well <laughs> yeah. so, i do have one thing i do like the uh, one thing I, I like with topher grace was uh you know supposed to be like a steve jobs kind of mensa or like a you know a meditating guy and then when he gets the bad news he just drops an f-bomb because it's like so he's pretending to be this higher level guy then like when he freaks out it's like oh wait i really don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing i do like that <laughs> yeah. turn that turn that turn caught me that made me laugh because it's like you know i thought he was going to be like uh yeah just as yeah you know, i don't know if you ever saw um Oh, what was it called? Oh, Baby Mama with Tina Fey and Steve Martin's character is the head of this thing. And he's like meditates on the beach, like in Cozumel. Right. And then he comes back for a two o'clock in the afternoon board meeting. With a ba- with a man bun. <laughs> yeah. And like, so Topher Grace is supposed to be this guy, but then he completely messes it up because he doesn't know. He's not actually this guy. He's a smart guy. who invented something and then got away from him. Yeah. No, I, I, I was glad to see Topher Grace is getting some work. True. <laughs> And he did have the obligatory shirtless scene, and clearly he's trying to show that he's jacked and he's ready to go do some Marvel superhero film. Could be the Venom again. They could yeah. do that mashup. So, uh, you know, hopefully this gets him some more work, but I didn't think the episode was that great. So, we got one last try. Lusk. All right. 
Does episode bring us home? Yes, this is the... Or does episode three bring us home? This is actually the first episode that I watched, so... Because uh, I watch these out of order, which you can choose to do, which brings up an interesting point, uh, which I might talk about a little bit later on if I have any time or feel like I want to. But this is uh, entitled Rachel and Jack and Ashley 2, T-O-O, directed by Anne Sawitsky, best known for her 2010 film Happy Happy, which apparently was selected as the Norwegian entry for the best foreign language <laughs> film in the 84th Academy Awards. Uh, it didn't make the short list. I think that's about it. <laughs> there, there, are, there are a couple of other, uh, I guess, television shows that she's involved with. But uh, again, this is written by Charlie Brooker, stars Jory Rice, uh, Madison Davenport, and Miley Cyrus, and a little bit of stunt casting, I thought. Although I might be wrong. I don't know. I'll see what you guys think. Jory Rice, uh, Bull, you would know her from The Nice Guys, which was one of our top films. Um, oh yes, that's where I do. Okay, I, I swear I recognized. Her. <laughs> yeah, she was, and I thought there's no way she's young Jodie Foster from Contact. No, no, that that's that's way because yeah. <laughs> she'd be 32 now or something. <laughs> young yeah. Jodie Foster. Uh, she was also in the uh, Sofia Coppola's movie The Beguiled, the remake with Colin Farrell. Um, Madison Davenport, wow. the girl who plays Jack, was last seen in uh, Sharp Objects on HBO. Uh, mm. She's got that goth look down pat. She might be a little bit of uh, typecasting there. And I think she had the strongest or stronger performance, ironically, because I was really impressed with Anjori Rice or Angori Rice when she was Ryan Gosling's daughter. But here, uh, not so much. And then the third person, uh, a titular, uh, and I don't mean that as a pun, um, actress <laughs> was Miley Cyrus. Uh, I'm not sure of how good of an actor she was in hannah montana because i never saw this but uh this episode may be the nadir of her acting career i saw her in the last song which before she shaved her head and all that it was one of the nicholas sparks movies with her current husband oh. not not thor not thor but the other hemsworth yes yeah, i didn't really know her to do anything other than like be herself but she had well how, yeah. how many uh, imdb acting credits do you think she has as far as like a different character from herself? No, because they list them all together. So they'll have the SNL performances <laughs> and stuff like that. But. Oh, so it'd be in the 70s. Bull? Uh, last time you had me guess, and I threw out a number, and then you said you didn't know the answer. <laughs> you didn't actually look so it up. So I'm not falling for this trick two times in a row. 107. Uh, hold, hold your uh, football loose. Yeah, 107. <laughs> 107 acting performances, or at least uh, IMDb-listed performances, well, like, anyway. That counts like her concerts that are going, like, pay-per-view and stuff. Yeah, that counts all everything. There's, there's Shorts, everything. Or when they, when she was on, when pay-per-view was a thing. Anyway, this episode is about two younger sisters who move because, I guess, they moved to a new, new location because their mother died, and uh, they live with their father now. One of the actresses, or, jeez, uh, which one? Rachel, I guess. Yeah, Rachel looks up to superstar Ashley O., kind of falls in love with her new AI doll, convinces her dad to buy a, the doll for her, and it becomes her best friend. And then Jack throws it away or something because she's jealous. It's not really clear to me why she's doing it. Well, they, they, make it they make it clear. Oh, really? Because well, I think she, uh, Jack is jealous. It's probably underlying, but it's because um, Rachel is doing everything that Ashley 2 tells her to do without... Going, not considering anything else. So, like, if she, you know, she before she goes out, she goes, should I do yeah, this or this? I guess should you're I right. This or this? She was kind of protecting her her sister at the at that point in the movie or episode, yeah. and that's where for me I lost interest. After that, 
up until that point um, where Jack and Ashley, or sorry, Jack and uh, Rachel's relationship sours, and then it turns into this other thing, I kind of really lost interest. Um, oh, I picked up interest. At, like, there was one key scene I really, like, I was kind of just going through it, but then one key scene, it really got me. It's like, ooh, I like this. I like where this is going now. Which is which is what scene? Uh, when, the, uh, when they reboot the Ashley 2. And she turns on, and she's not the AI anymore. She's like a, a real talking person, and she starts like cussing and swearing a lot, and really becomes like a thing. Okay. Versus, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that part is where I was like, okay, whatever, you know, because the other part with this is that uh, Ashley O uh, is being managed by her aunt, and her aunt uh, is kind of you know like child actor type stuff too. She taking milking everything she can out of Ashley, drugging her, things like that, just to keep her going as a cash cow. Um, but then when they, they, Rachel and Jack figure this out, you know, Ashley two wakes up, uh, Ashley two, the AI wakes up and gets reset. I like that part. Jeez. That's exactly where I lost it or it lost. Oh, really? It. Yes. Because it became yeah. a stupid campy. It seemed to me like an eighties chase movie. Well, that's, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. So oh, I kept yeah. expecting, um, Oh, who's that guy? <laughs> it's like 48 hours or, uh. Yeah. Night run or something. Yeah, exactly. I kept expecting that to happen. Yeah. I wish they had shown what happened to Robot at the end. Yeah. Well, they do. And, and it, it shows up in the bar. Do? Yeah. Oh, it's in the bar? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was. And it's all like uh, tattooed okay. up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's on the bar with uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, Rachel, I think. Aren't there hundreds, if not thousands, of these robots still around? I mean, well, yeah, I know so they destroyed oh, a lot no, of them. Oh, no, no. In the episode, they made... Yeah, they I think called, they, they recalled them, them or yeah. something. But there are still people who are going to hold on to them. Collectors who aren't going oh, for to sure. get rid of their thing. And now they know, oh, if I take off the firmware or whatever... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, th- like, Then I've jail- got my own Ashley. Uh, You're right, Bull. So when you jailbreak, when you jailbreak your phone. thousands of them running around. You're right. That, 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 was, the, that was where we lost it. That, that was where it became I, I want, unrealistic. I, no, but I, well, I wanted something completely off the rails, like have a thousand of those robots out there doing, <laughs> you know, some dance montage. It's been cool. Oh, just doing like the Minions or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's the new Minions movie is the Ashley. Well, the, yeah. the whole, the whole point of that would have been better. Like that, that little idea that you came up with would have been better than, than having Aww, an actress. Or, well, I'm. I'm, my point is, I'm, they have they have a woman behind stage, backstage, acting out this AI character that they've recreated or regenerated. It just seems so stupid. They right. have a motion capture person there. Well, they've done that with Coachella stuff. Yeah, with but like Tupac. Why do Jackson. that? Why why do it like that? Why uh, since we're so far into the future where you can take someone's consciousness and deposit it into a doll? Why not also have it where you can like regenerate the the um, the consciousness of this thing and the physical uh, manifestation of this person. Right. Were we supposed to be impressed by that technology? To me, I've seen Andy Serkis play Gollum and uh, Lord of the Rings before. Right. And the, so I'm not really <laughs> surprised by it. And Planet of the Apes. I was watching uh, the third one, the war for Planet of the Apes the other day and thinking like it works pretty well. The motion capture and like, I haven't watched it yet, but like the Godzilla stuff, you know, they're getting, as long as you don't interact with humans too much, it, it does, you know, like real people, it, it's really clear. But And if you keep it small, like uh, like Rocket, Raccoon, and the Avengers, where they don't do a whole lot of interaction, it really works out well now. Yeah. Much more than even like, you know, like Mary Poppins dancing with the penguins and stuff. I've seen this technology, ER, the Oculus you can buy at home, they're using that stuff to animate cartoon character live shows. 
Yeah, so you they can did actually it, yeah, talk the to Simpsons, the cartoon character. Yeah, the and Simpsons the did that. The animation's pretty. Yeah, the Simpsons did that a couple of years ago as a tag at the end of one of the episodes. It was going to have Homer be live, and they did. It, I don't know if they did it East Coast and West Coast, or if they did the you know the Central and Mountain Time as well. But they had uh, Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer, sitting with the suit on and everything, and reading the baseball scores. I think it was during the World Series or something. So he was reading the scores. So hopefully you weren't spoiled by that, but he was just letting, you know, to prove that it was live, which is kind of cool. And again, it worked pretty well at that point. And then even, um, it was the robot thing, but Jeopardy years ago did that with, uh, was it Watson or Watt? They had the robot that could answer the questions. Right. And then just ran away with it. Right. Watson. Yeah, but, then, so. but, the, but the way the, if a question was phrased where like, it didn't pick up on slang, it, it knew like straight up facts, but if you gave it like a nuanced word, it didn't pick up on that. If this Black Mirror episode cool... You mean like AI? Yeah, the time of AI, or if you're watching right. X-Files, and they coming up next, Black Mirror. Right, or like you know, like Outer Limits, or t- even the original Twilight But now the technology Zone. is such five minutes, five years in the past. Well, and not only that, well, it's trying it, to it, say too much, and it says too little, it whispers it. It's it's not even interesting. It's it's like a joke without a punchline. All of these all of these episodes, to me, seemed like they, were, they, yeah. they wanted so desperately to be... Um, uh, profound, but they wound up not even being banal, not even <laughs> rising to that level. Yeah. So I do like uh, that the dad's job. He he's literally trying to build a better mousetrap, <laughs> which is like an old you know metaphor trope for you know TV shows, movies, inventions. Is that he's and I do love the stun gun mousetrap where you like shoot the mouse with it. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> that was it's more like, humane. Mouse. Well, that's what it is, and they go, he's just sleeping there, and the dad's kind of like, yeah. You can see the mouse just stops moving dead. Is that mouse just sleeping? Yes, that's that's just enough to rock him out. Well, that's the whole thing, too, with the the artist and stuff, with Ashley O's character being uh, too famous or doesn't like being famous, and it's just like, I can't imagine, like, Mick Jagger or, like, Jimi Hendrix or somebody being worried about being too famous. Like, they loved being famous. Well, then... Or Keith Richards. Also, like... And And that's... Sorry, actually, that's just change. That was just saying that it's just that's just a big change in the mindset of, oh, I'm a star, but I don't want to be famous. Well, not only that, they're tortured by whatever image they have. They have to present to the world. It's like the um, it's like when Garth Brooks or Garth Brooks and his alter ego Chris Gaines. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah, my wife's a big fan. Or when David Bowie went on on tour with, ironically, with Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> and and yeah. didn't do any of his hits. He just, right. he just did all brand new material. I think that was probably Hendrix opened for the Monkees, like the Monkees first <laughs> or second year, and Hendrix, before Hendrix was big, obviously. But it's like you know, M- Mike Nesmith from the Monkees was a big music guy, and goes, "Oh, Hendrix is going to be awesome. He's a great musician." It's like, yeah, but our audience is twelve. Like they're not going to get <laughs> right. Hendrix. He got booed off the stage. Well, that that was probably like, the he doesn't the only really good part of this episode, if there was a really good part at all. But it was the it was the uh, horror on Ashley's former fans when they run out of the bar in the end in disgust because her her uh their their hero is now changed into something completely different right so it's, it's like it was like uh, going to see ricky nelson at the madison square garden when he's not the young ricky nelson from ozzy and harriet anymore or it's more like kiss like doing a, a disco album right or kiss without the makeup right too. neil oh. young going new wave but here it's just like, yeah, as a parent, and maybe, again, parents are unaware, but, like, why would you go to a concert with your daughter in a bar? Like, you knew this is a bar. Like, oh, Ashley O's going to be in town. Yeah, she's at the bar down the street. Okay, you're not going to the bar when you're 15. 
Well, no. That you yeah, teach this... them a lesson to the bar buyers to the bar. Right. Because I mean, this isn't like she's still doing the same stadium sellouts. Like, oh, we'll just go there. But it's completely different. This is like, so show's in a bar. Right. It's not the stadium where it was. So this is real bad parenting. <laughs> you don't approve of the parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't approve of bad parenting. I approve of parenting in general. <laughs> Free range kids. Like it. All, All right, right. So, so wait a minute. You uh, did like it. You like this episode? I I, I like this episode, Jesus. especially when it when it became the the heist chase movie. I like that. Yeah, it's the worst part. Yeah, it was a two. <laughs> it was a two All for right, me. So that, this was your favorite episode. It was a two. But... I think I, I think if I had to rank them, I would go with this one, then Smithereens, and then uh, Striking Vipers or Dueling whatever. <laughs> Lusk. They were all equally horrible. Smith, uh, <laughs> the best one was Bandersnatch, which was a, oh, exactly. apparently it was going to be one like of the. It was supposed to have been one of the episodes for season five, but they spent so much time on it, filmed so much, and didn't really. Uh, they it took them so long to put it together that they decided to just release it as its own entity. Right, I did read that, and and like they had so many you know cut scenes that you go, well, let's just make these options to watch it with these cut scenes. Yep. The lack of the Oxford comma bothers me in the title. <laughs> Right, I, I need that third comma because who knows? You never know. Idea is it's the Oxford commas a very uh, important thing. Commas, comma saves lives, right? Eat, drink, and uh, be merry. Or wait, no, it's like we're eat, gonna shoot go some to leaves. Grandma and eat. eat, shoot some yeah. leaves. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, season five of gonna... Black Mirror. <laughs> As you can tell, once again we're watched. Right. Uh, gonna... Hopefully, we can pick a movie. Why don't we let... have a suggestion? Anna. I would let Lusk, actually, let Lusk pick a movie and then Anna see if he can walk. With Anna? Yeah. From uh, director Bassan. Is that coming to theaters or what? Yeah, the yeah. It'll be coming uh, in a couple of weeks. Anna. Same day as Toy Story. Let's see. How. You can see it at the same time. <laughs> Drop my daughter off at one. Yeah. And I'll go to the other theater. That's why you got married. <laughs> That's a good your point. Your wife has to. T- <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I have. I'll, yeah, I will make a make it work. Plus, uh, we need as many people on as possible. Seven be sold. Weekend. Impossible. There might be twenty-seven uh, million tickets, but they'd all have to sell at a dollar a piece, right? Wait a minute. The I'm math fine is with wrong. That because I would still win. Right. No. I needed to make at least a summer box lunch. Well, and I think you have a status. Yeah. Currently, you're in the lead. You've, you. Wait, wait. Uh, again, I'm sorry. You were fading out there. Well, you're in the lead with thirty with forty points, uh, yes. and then. And then uh, Tony and I are behind by five, but it looks like I'm going to win two of the next three. So uh, it, it, next week, by the time this goes out, uh, it will be Men in Black 3, and I have the low ball uh, choice on that. Or I, I think I've, I think it's going to get $35 million and it's projecting out. At, I saw the, the most recent numbers has it at $28 million. So oh. that's about half of what you predicted, Mr. Bull. Yeah, I thought 52. Change. And then uh, Anna, after that, uh, I took the low ball on that. You guys are all in the 20s, 27 million for you, Bull, and 20 for uh, Mr. Christ. And it's projecting out at uh, about 5 million. <laughs> but then the following weekend, uh, the July 2nd weekend, uh, I made a big bonehead mistake and you might make up some ground because you have 126 million over a four-day opening with spider-man although i'm not really sure that that's gonna uh i, I gotta go back and listen to the episode and make sure that that's that's how it worked out but <laughs> thought we listened to that together yeah i i think i feel pretty good about spider-man lion you have a good shot at one million for that movie day i've got 170 so yeah there's a mid-range there and then we got a chance and then uh once upon a time 
is projecting out at 50 million and I have the high end of that. And you notice we haven't talked much about Tony's chances because he's really not <laughs> doing well in the second half of the uh, box office challenge. But it's really going to hinge on Hobbs and Shaw and uh, Birds too. However those well, things I fall out, is we'll, we'll determine we're who going, wins. I feel like we're going to trade Lusk in that game first place. But Tony's the little <laughs> engine that could. He has scored in the last five, and he's got the middle for like the next foot of row. So right. he's just going to keep earning points. So he's going to be in there at the end, and if he gets lucky and nails the middle one. Yeah, it's possible. He, I'll, he I'll, could I'll be, jump I'll be the guy on Jeopardy who... Bets zero for the uh, final Jeopardy, but the other two guys knock each other out. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing: he's got the low for Angry Birds too. It makes on 39 million. Tony makes 20 at the end. Boom. He could steal it from us right at the end. Yeah, it could be so, a swing. Because we all bet on the uh, we've all bet the last three weeks, right? The double. The last two week double. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So Tony is a dark horse. So uh, people are life. definitely going to have to keep listening. Uh, we'll be back with an episode of two weeks. Or Anna. Yeah, man. Uh, yep, sounds good. That's all of it. So um, I think that leaves me nothing to say. There be dragons. Hoxa Bonum, everybody. Memento Mori. What did you think of today's show? Did the guys get it right? Or are you wondering what movie they watched? Send in your review by tweeting at CSD Podcast, emailing cinemasitdown at gmail.com, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash cinemasitdown. Cinema Sit Down is a Flying Bull production. All right. Let's see. I just hit my three goals on my Apple Watch, so there you go. Make fun of Paul. It's typing. Yeah, should we get get that back? Shakespeare. The works of Shakespeare. It'll take you a while. Uh, Everyone prepared their... I did. What segment? (laughs) You didn't see the email? I don't think so. Oh, wonderful bull. You're supposed to forward that to him. What? It, it It only had one address on it. I didn't even look. I thought you... I don't have his address. Hey, I'll fake it if you email it to me real quick. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do some typing real quick. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, batting down the hatches, boys. I'm but sorry. I could have... Uh... <laughs> you were supposed to pre- prepare the second episode. Oh, okay. Well, I got notes on all three, so that's fine. You're going to introduce the second episode. Well, that I will have to... He's good to go, Mr. Bull.